Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows, uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. What up? We are back. Hoop Talk. I just saw my man Adam bobbing his head in the background when the music was on. <laughs> love intro music, baby. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yes. As always, shout out to my cousin Anitra. She does the, the real work around here. Uh, we're excited. We got another episode. We are back again. Final Four. We just had a Sweet 16. More job stuff keeps happening. Plenty to talk about, man. Any opening thoughts? I'll let you let you run with it. Yeah, you got it. What, a, what an exciting time right now, right? Sweet 16 just ended. Headed to the Final Four. And uh, a lot of a lot of stuff happening on the job front. A lot of a lot of hirings, and a lot of guys about to get hired, and a bunch of jobs maybe about to open. But I think yeah. we'll cover a lot of that. <laughs> yes, yes, we'll cover it all. So we're gonna go quickly into Sweet Sixteen shoutouts. We'll talk Final Four, and then we'll talk about jobs, which is what most people want to hear about. So uh, before we do that, you did give a sixty second update here recently. We talked about this on uh, the last episode. But the trend of how fast these hires are going continues. And we talked about those three reasons you mentioned on the 60-second update, which are uh, the Zoom capability for people and going through the pandemic and getting used to that. Yep. Uh, the last one you said was the transfer portal. The middle one was the search firm. So right. any thoughts on that real quick as we keep seeing it, and then we'll go into it. Yeah, no, you're right. It's definitely continuing. And it's funny because I think a lot of, uh, schools and athletic directors have embraced it so far, and you can see right. it moving along. But you'll probably see when we, we start talking about some of these jobs, some some haven't, and it's amazing right. how long some of these have dragged out for. Um, so it's an, it's an interesting um, it's interesting to see kind of who's jumped on and who hasn't. Um, and it's like you know we've talked before about you know even in coaching, like you got to embrace you got to embrace the transfer portal, you got to embrace right. all the name image likeness stuff, you right. know. Like ADs have to jump on. They have to embrace Zoom. You have to embrace a search firm, whether you like it or not, because they're going to get right. you so much information. And you have to embrace the fact that you need to get a guy on, on campus ASAP. And, you know, and, and Brian, one of the things that we didn't talk about a lot, too, though, is some of the 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 
changes and, and you go back again, like I'm an old guy, you know, back in the old days, practice started October 15th and you practice right. <laughs> right. now, like, you know, you certain hours a week, you can start working with your guys, you know, like even before Frank Martin's press conference yesterday at UMass, you know, there's videos of him on the court working out with his guys. How about that? So that's another way, you know, that's another reason guys are, are getting coaches in quickly because you're getting them with your team. You, you know, you have, you know, you get your certain amount of hours a, a week that you can be out there with them. So it, right. it's amazing that, uh, you know, you got to embrace the new. <laughs> Better embrace the new. Otherwise, you get passed up, as we talked about. Adapt or die, as they got say. Um, you got it. Yeah, so we'll cover Sweet 16, Final Four, get to the job stuff. We'll talk a little bit about the hires that have happened and thoughts on some of those, and then we'll talk about some of the new stuff that's coming. So let's just talk quick Sweet 16 shout-outs. I think the obvious one to shout-out is St. Peter's. Uh, the story of the tournament, uh, I know probably later in the broadcast we'll talk about their head coach and what may be happening with him. But let's just talk about the Peacocks for a minute. The first 15 seed to ever make it to an elite eight. Uh, incredible story. Uh, really didn't have like a star player as you saw kind of with ORU when they beat, um, I believe it was Florida and Ohio state last year and go to the um, sweet 16. They had, you know, Max was, on fire then they had um the young fella that's at texas tech uh kevin o'banner so they had two guys that were going for 25 30 every game whereas this st peter's team collective team effort uh, i think most people in the country don't necessarily know guys names on the roster they just know they're rooting for the peacocks and they know the coach is really cool so talk about your thoughts on watching that run yeah, what what a great run, huh? It was a lot of fun to watch, and 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 I mean, look at the teams they beat. You know, to, to beat Kentucky, right. you know, just the history and, and and the season they had to, to beat Kentucky and Murray State, and like we've talked about it before, Murray State had one of the best mid major, maybe the best yeah. mid major season in the country. They did beat them. They had, they had an undefeated conference season, which I think kind of goes forgotten, and they had the longest winning streak in the country. They won like twenty one. Second longest winning streak in the country was St. Peter's, which is kind of wild that people didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. And then, you know, to go beat Purdue, who had been ranked number one probably multiple Absolutely. times during the season. Yep. And, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, little St. Peter's, everybody in the country knew who they were by the time by the time they played North Carolina. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a shame that their run came to an end. But what a run. Like, who cares? Like, you know, they, they, they made it to the Elite Eight. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, that's going to be something that, that people are going to talk about forever and, and something that those, those are going to have forever. And, you know, St. Peter's is going to have forever. And it's just, you right. know, it's history. And, and, you know, yeah, you know, they, they lost to North Carolina. North Carolina played great, you know, absolutely dominated them on the glass. But, you know, what a run. And that's, you know, people aren't going to remember that. People aren't going to remember they lost. You know, they remember, hey, they were in Elite 18. I mean, who, cares about, who cares about that? Even even Shaheen Alloway said it. He's like, this this is going to be talked about for a long time. And it should be, you know, yep. what, what a run. Uh, I think he was just. He was the star face of the tournament, the star of the tournament to be able to mm – -hmm. I mean, if you've seen some of the numbers, I don't have them all in front of me, but uh, if you've seen some of the numbers of just how small of a school St. Peter's is compared to the field that they played against, they played against the ultimate – one of the ultimate blue bloods in Kentucky, take them down. You know, they're, they're – probably Kentucky's basketball budget is more than St. Peter's entire school, I would imagine. Uh, so that was a big one. And then to take down, like you said, Purdue – and then one of the hottest mid-majors, it's not even like you're talking about, okay, there's this size differential that maybe they had this advantage because they were undersized. Like, no, they, they played against yeah. the best of the best. So yeah. Uh, yeah. amazing run. Love to see it. Anyone else you want to shout out? I'm going to go run and grab my charger. I'm going to big screen you. I'm still here. I'll be right back. But any other shout outs? 
Yeah, a couple. So I think one of one of my um, one of my favorite shout outs here is uh, is going to Arkansas. You know, Arkansas made a great run in this thing, uh, knocked off number one Gonzaga. And, you know, with 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 Eric Musselman in Arkansas, I just think a lot of people like watching him, like watching the energy that he brings and and to take down, uh, you know, a number one seed and and, and play a pretty good game against Duke um, was great. Uh, And, you know. I think Arkansas has got an unbelievable recruiting class coming in. I think you're going to have to deal with Coach Musselman and Arkansas for a long time to come. But I was really happy to see them advance. Um, so good, good shout out to those guys. Um, One note on uh, Arkansas too, with the recruiting class, uh, my understanding is that they figured out the NIL maybe as good as anyone, and that's a big part of yeah. right, wrong, and different. It's real. It's a part of college basketball, just like the transfer portal. And I believe they may be the best in the industry so far at kind of packaging that stuff and kids understanding what they can capitalize on. So I think that has a lot to do with what's going on there. Yeah, it's amazing, right? This new day, like you have to figure that out. You have to be able to uh, have, have a strong uh, NIL program and, and, you know, kids have to come in, you know, knowing what they're going to get. So I, I think that's huge for Arkansas. Um, now coaches can't talk about it, of course. Yeah. Supposedly, but you get you get the point. They're gonna find out. Yeah. Uh, the numbers and be able to present it in a way, however they do it. I'm not here to say that, but um, another Sweet 16 shout out. I mean, everyone deserves it, but I think that Iowa. We talked about it before Miami matchup, yeah. where both teams. I mean, nobody expected them to be in Sweet 16. Uh, one of them, of course, Miami makes it to Elite Eight. Yeah. No one expected that. Um, but the two stories there is the combination of the COVID year and having guys have an extra year, Cameron McGusty and guys like that, uh, first team all conference, uh, ACC. And then you have the transfer portal where they have uh, more transfers over. And then for Iowa State, they have pretty much majority transfer portal guys and not necessarily the biggest names in the portal, but figured out to get the right pieces and get good really fast. So think those two deserve kind of some shout outs which everyone does but we'll give a couple more and then move to the next one yeah so i'll tell you here's my last one right we've yep. got to get to uh kelvin sampson in houston you know Absolutely. what another great run for these guys knocked off number one arizona in the sweet 16 and just didn't knock them i mean they, they beat him handily really 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 good game against villanova in the elite eight but the you know what he's put together at Houston is amazing. I mean, it really is. He's done such a good job there. They're so fun to watch. You know, the energy, the energy and athleticism, like it, it, it's amazing. So, you know, shout out to them. I wish, you know, wish they would have been back in the final four. I think that's, you know, but, but he's going to have them in a, in a good position. Oh, no. I know. He they, said, it, we'll be back. He said, it, yeah. we'll be back. And uh, I'm biased. I have friends in that program and I'm from Texas and lived in Houston and uh, love to see what those guys are doing, and especially despite the injuries. I mean, I, I said I sent a shout out to them uh, on Twitter myself to be able to say like last year people forget like and Caleb Mills was the preseason player of the year for Houston really didn't play the whole year and ended up transferring to Florida State good player uh, it's worked out well for him but Houston goes to the Final Four and doesn't have a preseason player of the year how many how many programs could ever do that I don't know if there is another program that could and then this year to <coughs> to Lou Sasser who's basically a preseason first team guy uh, and lose Traymond Mark to be able to do what they did is absolutely incredible. Um, all right, let's talk final four because it's uh it's, if it's like the blue bloods of blue bloods and the storylines, the Kansas Villanova rematch. Yeah. 
And then you have the Duke Carolina rivalry in the Final Four rematch. The coach going out. You got the new coach in Hubert Davis just coming in. People didn't think Hubert could get it done. They're in the Final Four first year, which is amazing for him to be able for people to rally behind and know he can he can do it at a high level. And then for Coach K, the story, it, it feels like we're in a movie right now, to be honest, because Coach K has has this team, to Duke's credit, they're playing some phenomenal basketball, the best that they've played all year. They've kind of always had the talent. We talked about how young they were before. Uh, so, yeah, those two matchups, I don't know if you can have much more must-see TV than that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, really, like like the, the, the blue bloods of college basketball. And I wonder how Kentucky feels when, when everybody keeps saying the blue bloods because they're kind of <laughs> – Year when they think, but anyway, um, and, and UCLA was there last year. They're traditional blue yeah. blood, so they were there last year, so they can at least say that. That's right. Uh, but yeah, but but some pretty cool matchups, right? Like you know, especially the the Duke and Carolina one. Like you said, like a Cinderella, like this fairy tale. Like how is this happening? You know, like Coach Kane is last year, and you know, not only did they make it to the Final Four, you know, they're going to play Carolina in the Final Four. That like, and, and you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stats and a lot of lines and a lot of stuff we can talk about here. But one of the one of the cool stats I, I tweeted about this earlier. Coach K, all-time victories, 1,202. Hubert Davis, all-time victories, 28. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but you know what? They both won four games in this tournament. Right. So, you know, it's it's just so cool that, you know, and, and like everybody in America watched Coach K's last home game when Carolina beat him and how upset Coach K was after the game. And, right. Um, you know, I, I know, I think these teams know each other so well. I think this, this will be a good it, – it's going to be a great matchup. Um, so a couple of things real quick. So obviously how about, how about this? I'm gonna jump in and say, how ahead. happy do you think the people that created the bracket are right now? Like ah. <laughs> I mean they gotta be like, we just like we planned it, more or less. Maybe yeah. not, but uh they, they got the Duke Carolina matchup. They put it on the same side for a reason. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. hoping like secretly that somehow these two teams can figure it out. Uh absolutely. But go ahead, sorry. Well, no, this is gold for them, right? This is like no doubt. This is this is money making gold. All the people that are going to watch, you know, this final four, especially this matchup, it's unbelievable. But you know, so you know, Carolina's playing really well right now. They're ten and one in their last eleven. You know, their only loss was in the ACC tournament. In that winning streak, they beat Duke at Duke. Um, you know, Armando Baycott is you know a double double machine in there. He's great. But he, here's the deal with Duke: like they're playing really really well right now too. They, uh, Ken Palm number one in offensive efficiency. Mm. Right, they average just over 80 points a game. They shoot the three so well. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that and you know, you've been in this business a long time, right? Sometimes a loss might help down the road, and it's hard to oh, say, no but you know, well, especially that loss on such a big night. It's like if they ever had a chance for redemption, it's obviously national championship. But if you can beat that team to go to the national championship and end their season, I mean, it couldn't be a perfect story for Duke to be motivated with incentive because they just got embarrassed at home on Duke's case, Coach K's special night. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a, that's a huge motivator. And, you know, and we've talked about it before, like, you know, I, I think this probably is, a, it has been a big distraction to, to Duke and their players, right. like the right. coach farewell tour. But now it actually becomes personal to them because they, they, they lost at home to Carolina. Right. Now it becomes personal for them. You know, now they have a chip on their shoulder. It is about Coach K, sure, but it's also they need to, avenge the loss that you know they, they lost so i yeah. that'd be a great game um but but i think duke is playing so well right now <laughs> yeah they are I, I do think carolina the way they're shooting the three makes it where um 
because Duke's also protecting the rim, it feels like, very at a high level. Um, yep. So you got to be able to make threes against him, which Carolina can do, and you got to be able to get offensive rebounds. So uh, what do you think about this other match, the, the rematch? Kansas still, and both these teams have not been the sexy picks all year long, although Kansas is the only number one seed left. Villanova's a two seed. They're, they're consistently in the Final Four. They've won more national championships in the last handful of years than anyone else. Uh, but it feels like they're still the most underdog team in the whole thing. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? It you know, is. I mean, I think there, there's two kind of, in my mind, two things at play here, right? Villanova, everyone knows like Villanova and their pace of play, and they're very efficient and they take their time. They only, you know, they're only, they only allow 62 points a game because they, they give you so few possessions. Um, but one of the things that's going to hurt them is Justin Moore's out. Um, he's been great for them all season. He tore his Achilles like in the last 35 seconds in their last game. He's in like the top three in every major uh, stat for Villanova. Assists, steals, rebounds. I think he's second in scoring. That's a huge loss for them. And not only that, he averages 34 minutes a game. So now you've really shortened your bench. Um, you know, especially if like Caleb Daniels is going to start, I think. So I, I think that's really going to hurt Villanova. On the flip side of it, though, for Kansas, look, I mean, you know, Remy Martin missed a ton of time during the season. He missed like 10 games, was banged up for a lot of them. I love the way Remy Martin's playing right now. Like you watch him, like he's a leader, man. Um, and, you know, obviously Kansas had a lot of other pieces. But, you know, to me, it, it's kind of like Villanova losing Justin Moore and uh, Kansas having Remy Martin playing the way he's playing right now. I think that's why the advantage has to go to Kansas. Yeah, kind of amazing to think that the Remy Martin story, right, like came from Arizona State. If I'm not mistaken, pretty sure he led the Pac-12 in scoring last year, was a big-time player, but Arizona State didn't win. And it kind of came with a rap that may have had some question marks, not the talent, but just is he about winning or can can his style equate to winning, uh, although he's very fun to watch. Um, so to see how it's kind of managed – how coach self has managed this and brings him off the bench and has just figured out how to make him play his best bat, get him playing his best basketball at the right time and playing the way that they wanted to play. Uh, they have a first team all American on this team, but yeah, Remy Martin is kind of the face of this run so far. So that's pretty incredible to have that level of talent. And I still think uh, Abachi's best basketball, he kind of got some of that out against Miami as it got the game got away and, I think he's going to play really well and uh, hard to go against Villanova. If they didn't have the injury, a different conversation. They may rally behind that. Uh, Colin Gillespie feels like he's been in school for like a decade. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to be two great games. Um, yeah, hard to say who I would actually go with. Uh, I'm still going to go underdog with K Carolina and the Hubert Davis story. Uh, I'm going to go ride that wave. I think it's an incredible one. And then I'm going to go uh, Kansas as well i'm going i'm going those two i'll pick my do i have to pick my winner now no we can do a show before then. all right we'll do a show before before, before the game and we'll pick my winner i like it your picks you got to say your pick you don't have to say your picks well, I, listen i i kind of talked about it a little bit like I, i'm going duke over carolina yes personally i'd like to see hubert davis win this game but i think duke's gonna beat him and then same thing i think kansas will beat villanova and really just because of the justin moore injury i, I just think that hurts right. Villanova in so many ways. I mean, it's a guy that that really can play like the one through four position for them, but a little bit of everything. But but in my honestly, like just choose minutes. And now right. those minutes, you know, 34, just over 34 minutes a game have to go somewhere else. So right. um, so I, I think it's gonna be a Kansas Duke uh 
national championship game. Right. And we'll, we'll give our predictions on that yeah. one. On so how's that? <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that on the next one. Uh, so I, I don't think we talked. Did we talk about the national champion for NAI and D two? We did talk about D two. We, we did all those. Okay, good. All right, so we're good on all the basketball talk. Let's get to the job stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Uh, opening thoughts on the job stuff before we dive into whether we do grades first or however we choose to do it. Yeah, it's up to you what we do first. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, like we keep saying, it's just, it's just been a, such a, a unique hiring process this year. You know, after coming out of two kind of like COVID years where everything right. was, everything's been so strange. Right. Now we just get hit with, um, you know, you don't hear of, of, you know, all the ADs heading to the final four and all the interviews at the final four and, and all this one of the final four, like the final four is now just like a hangout time. Yep. It's <laughs> you know? almost like, it's almost like figure out your assistance time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause and I don't know if some head coaches may not want to go and almost hide out, but you almost probably have to go to, to bump into a few people here and there, or maybe have a interview in your, I don't know, hotel room or however, how, whatever makes sense. But yeah. Uh, I would imagine there's a lot going to be a lot of assistant coaches. Think about how many jobs we'll talk about have been filled to, I mean, there's host full staffs that probably guys have to hire at least one, maybe two guys on a lot of these staffs. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and, you know, and we talk about the final four a lot as far as, you know, division one ADs and division one coaches, but you've been there a lot. I've been there a lot. I mean, you're going to have, you know, every D2 guy, D3 guy, NAI, junior college. I mean, there's going to be, you know, thousands of coaches down there networking and not just for these, you know, big time, high major jobs, you know, division twos and threes are opening. There's actually a couple of division right. twos that might be interviewing down there. Um, but That's a good well, point. That's a good point. You know, and, and, you know, but you know what it's like where these young assistants are all trying to, you know, run out there and meet guys. And so it, it's, you know, again, the process has changed a little bit at, at the high major level and, and the division one level in general. Um, but the, the final four is still going to be a, a major uh, networking event. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. It's still going to be going down. No doubt about it. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk new stuff that's coming. Let's talk the, 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 the some of the latest. Uh, yeah. We have some openings. Yeah. Kind of open some thoughts on maybe what may be coming uh, slash what's just open. And we'll just talk in general. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple that are, are I, I think, getting closer to getting done here. Right. Um, and some that we've talked about. So, you know, George Washington is definitely in their final four. Yep. We talked about George Washington, but I can confirm the final four. Chris Caputo from Miami, uh, Mike Pegues from Louisville, the former interim head coach there, mm. Jake Williford from Virginia, and a head coach from the area ish at a lower level is definitely in the final four. The one, the one, so every one of these final four candidates does have uh you know the dmv dc maryland virginia connections you know some big time DMV connections the one thing i've heard though in the last 24 hours maybe is that that jason wilford may have pulled out of this thing um mm. so, so i think some of the talk is is it really now just down to three or is or are they adding a fourth right you know the fourth that people talk about which may may not be true is like john becker from vermont um you know, so so I think that's that's the only kind of question mark, but but like legit confirmed sources that was the final four, and it's just a matter of what Wilford's doing. But this thing will get done next week. I mean, this is, is the is the lower level coach still a secret? I don't mind. I figure yeah. it is. Okay, <laughs> but he's local enough. I think people can probably read between the lines. Um, yeah, it's someone we haven't mentioned before, hundred um, percent confirmed, and and will be a phenomenal choice. Yep, I love it. I love it. 
All right. Uh, what's the next one we want to go into? Well, so let's talk about this one. I don't think we've talked about this one a lot. Um, so Cleveland State with Dennis Gates. Yeah, let's definitely talk about that one. This has been an interesting one. There's not a lot of names out there. So um, CSA, Collegiate Sports Associates, has the search yep. from that. Um, so what they, what Cleveland State has done, I think originally, like we had talked about, maybe like Drew Joyce III will be a phenomenal choice, and LeBron tweeted about him. Like if that hasn't happened by now, the longer that kind of, you know, we get from that, the, the, I think the worst chance that he has to get it. So from what I've heard from some really good people, uh, they did – Cleveland State has already done 20 first-round interviews by Zoom. Yeah. So, so they've taken that 20, and it sounds like they are or will be down to eight – by the final four, which is yeah. like two days from now. And then sometime right after the final four, they will bring that final group of maybe four to campus mm. with the hopes of being done next week. So again, like George, I think, I think they're on, if I understood my conversation with one of the people that interviewed correctly, I think they're in the second pool and I believe it might be six and not eight. Okay. I think it's six. Yeah. So, right. So, so they're making probably, so it's kind of the same as George Washington where they're headed toward yeah. an announcement for next week. Yep. Um, any uh anyone you've heard or like in the process of this one there's been a tough one like i can't get a ton of names you know besides you know the the drew joyce which i don't think will happen i have not heard you know and then you hear some names here and there but like nothing like legit nothing right you know right. I just want to throw stuff out i don't want to talk about stuff that guys just say right. uh, but nothing nothing like you know i mean i know some you know agents who've had their guys interview but i right can't say those <laughs> you know we'll look we'll look forward to seeing uh I'm, I'm curious about this one it is a good job it is a job obviously that they've proven they can you can win at yeah and uh yeah i'm curious to see how this one shakes out and, and to be honest my assumption is here when they get when they get to the on-campus round which sounds like it should be four guys you know maybe less but i, I i'll have names by then that will be right there. right for sure i have um, no doubt so you'll have the dirt we tried man <laughs> no doubt no doubt so uh, a couple, couple more real quick that so yeah one, please one more that we haven't talked about, uh, Miami of Ohio. Yep. You know, interesting one there. Um, so I think the most interesting name coming there is Travis Steele, former former Xavier head coach. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's been an interesting one. But also uh, Jermaine Henderson, who was at Kansas State. He was actually a longtime assistant at Miami of Ohio, played there. And the last one that's kind of making the rounds is, is Dane Fife, who just got uh, let go to Indiana as an assistant. Um, so those are kind of the three names of Miami of Ohio that, that have been making the rounds. And, you know, the, the Travis Steele one is so interesting because, you know, like watching last night, Xavier advanced to the NIT championship game and Jonas Hayes is coaching the team. It's, you know, Travis Steele's team. They're in the NIT championship, but you got right. Sean Miller who's, you know, coming in in a week to be there. Like it's, it's just such an odd situation. And, you know, it's one of those things like Travis Steele was there for four years and make an NCAA tournament gets canned, but like he's got his team in the NIT championship. I don't know. It, it's just, it's such a odd what a time. I mean, it's just such a high expectation job. Unfortunately, yeah. you're following yeah. Chris Mack, and somewhere Chris Mack is just like, you know, how did I not? How did I not get this shot again? You know, um, interest interesting times for sure. Let's yeah. talk about uh, since you mentioned Hayes, let's talk about Georgia State and what you're hearing there. I know he's uh, been mentioned as a favorite by yeah. many people. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts there? So I do. I, you're right. I do think he's a favorite there. Like you know, I think there was some talk early about him possibly you know going back to georgia, georgia yep. white staff that uh, 99 that's not going to happen i do think he is a legitimate contender for, for georgia state but i also think you know kind of the name making around a little bit too is cliff warren he's there you know he was there. and he's interviewing yep exactly and, and you look at him i mean he's jacksonville's all-time leader in wins 
you know, as a head coach was there for nine years, you know, has high major experience is a really good coach. And again, like we, we've said this before, you know, guys who have been part of successful programs should get the opportunity, you know, with Rob Lanier headed to SMU, you know, Cliff Warren's been a part of all this. So I think he's going to be in the mix. And, and those are, like you said, Jonas Hayes, those are the two names that are really kind of the, the, the hot two there. Yeah. Good too. Very, very yeah. good too. Hey, you're right. I mean, that's, you know, honestly, really, it's a really strong group, isn't it? Like right. if that's, if that is in fact, like the two that it comes down to, you can't go wrong. And a job that uh, people have won there and moved on, you know, so definitely a place that's built to win and, Somehow, some way, you just know in the Sun Belt, Georgia State's always kind of kind of be a player when it comes tournament time. Uh, uh, any other ones that kind of stick out? I think we haven't talked about kind of. There's a handful still open. What about this San Diego job? This is kind of still the weird one. That's one of yeah. those that's been open for a long time. Yeah. Uh, what are you hearing? What's kind of going on there? I'm imagining they're going to interview at the Final Four probably, and who knows? So, so the latest, and this comes from from a, a couple pretty good people, and we've talked about James Jones from Yale here before. Yeah. Yep. The latest chatter is like he is like really, really the leader here. Wow. And I think some people, um, you know, he was you know involved in George Washington early and is not anymore. And I think that was his choice. And I think from the people I talked to, it sounds like James Jones legitimately is the leader at San Diego. Wow. Um, and could be making some progress there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's. You know, like I said, he, he's number one. He's he, he's the top of my list, and the other guys we've talked about, like Greg Lansing and Larry Kristowiak, yep. some, some other names yep. there. It, it seems like right now, um, that is is you know number one there. Yeah. All right, San Diego. We shall see. This is probably the one that's been open the longest. It feels like, right? It kind of did something pretty early, and wow, it's been open a while. Still, um, still hanging around. Um, so I got one last one for you, Brian. Yeah. What you got? One last one, and then you can. I mean, it might be more, whatever. But the the most interesting one that I that I've heard so far, and I talked about this a little bit in some things I did. Uh, LaSalle in Philadelphia. Yeah. We talked yes. about a lot of time with some names. Another A ten job. Yeah, but the name that that is really like you know you hear this from a lot of people, and there is I, I, I there is a ton of credibility to this is Fran Dunphy. So Fran Dunphy, yeah. the former head coach at Temple, yeah. former coach at Penn, he's won almost six hundred games in his career. He's 73 years old, but he is a Philly guy, you know, has, has coached at Philly schools his whole life, understands Philly, understands Philly basketball. Um, I think he was an assistant twice there in the eighties. Um, so he gets it, but like, you know, this is when I tell you it's a legit name there, like it is a legit, like Fran Dunphy is legitimately involved uh, at LaSalle. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this, this plays out. Some people said that, you know, We'll have a little bit more clarity on this one by the end of the week. How about that? All right. Now, Phil Martelli's name was mentioned for one of these. This was the one that we talked oh. about, Phil Martelli, possibly? Absolutely. You know, that's another strong name here. Um, yeah. he, he's obviously, you know, younger than Fran Dunphy and had a ton of success at, at St. Joe's, another Philly guy, and um, has done a really, really good job at, at Michigan as the associate head coach there under Jawan Howard. So that would be another good name. But, you know, like the, the legit – the legit Philly people are saying like Fran Dunphy is How about that circling back in the mix. Yeah. Crazy. Back. All right. Uh, yeah. There's a few still open. Obviously we haven't talked about this one yet. That's another uh, high level job on the East coast. It's kind of already done and been done by the uh, former player who led them to the sweet 16. Uh, let's talk about this uh, Seton hall opening. 
Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, I think everybody in the world is talking about this one right now. Yeah. Not not kind of uh, if, more, more so when, you know, Shaheen yeah. Holloway would be named as the head coach of Seton Hall. And, you know, again, it's just one of those things that makes so much sense. He, he, yeah. he was a star player there. He led him to a Sweet 16 in 2000. Yep. Uh, you know, St. Peter's the first New Jersey team to go to the Sweet 16 since 2000. When they yep. them. Um, you know, most it's got to be done, right? Like it has to be. And, right. and a lot of people say, you know, he, he does have an allegiance to St. Peter's and what he did with these guys. But again, Seton Hall's his alma mater. Um, yeah. Then you you look at salary. And we, I know we've talked about guys with salary before, but Shaheen Holloway's making a reported like 156000 a year at St. Peter's. You know, oh, he's a millionaire now. You know, then, then you're going to go to, you know, Seton Hall and, and what are you going to make? 2.5 at least, you know? So, yeah. I mean, he's definitely a. Uh... Shout out to Fat Joe. He's definitely the yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> His price has gone up for sure on Shaheen Holloway. He may have gotten a job before, but the price has gone up. And I would imagine you see him with endorsements and the whole nine from what's happening. And cool, cool story too for uh the player. I'm drawing a blank on a guy's name, uh 25 with his mustache for St. Peter. Oh, Doug Eater. Yeah. Yes, he got his uh I, reportedly, he made ten thousand dollars on his uh, first NIL deal that he literally got between one round and the next, and made like ten thousand dollars from Buffalo Wild Wings. So, shout out to the NIL capitalizing and for that young man. But yeah. I would imagine, yeah, he, the price has gone up. He deserves it, uh, and he'll kill it here. You know, a Big East job, a job that's a you know a top power six basketball job. So he definitely deserves it. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny, like you said, like <clears throat> the the price goes up, and I think you're right. And it, you, you talk to a lot of people around this, and and people will say like he was getting this job, whether St. Peter's made this run or not. Like he was right. getting the job when Kevin Willard leaves, you know? Right, um, right. It was already kind of lined up, but now, like you said, yeah. the price is definitely going up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I, again, I, I just think it, you know, like most people, it's it's a matter of you know when, not if. Right. Um, so, so we'll see. But I will keep my eye on this probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, only a few that are really open left. We'll we'll talk about two more. Uh, Western Michigan has kind of been another one of those that's just like hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, and no one really knows what's going on. Uh, kind of a weird one. I don't know if you have any updates. I haven't heard much. What's the latest you think on this one? Yeah, so I don't have anything new. Um, so you said, and again, we talked about it before. It's just such an odd situation where, you know, I, I don't, you know, I know a couple guys that were involved early. And, right. Theme seems to be like, you know, not much of a commitment to the program there right now. Right, right. Um, so I'm scared to guys off. And this one is definitely, this one is dragged on too for a long time. I mean, this is, right. this has been the better part of a month. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I don't know who they're going to find. I, I, I'm still, I haven't gotten any legit names. I mean, I know some guys that, that, that are guys that I know that have, you know, been a little bit interested that are not anymore that, that right. you know, have had some initial conversations, but um, yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see what happened there. So, yeah, I, I did. I did. Uh, Rob Jones is this guy who is going to interview. I don't think he would take it, me personally, but I did hear a pretty strong source that he's interviewed for this job and one other opening that's actually currently opening. So shout out to Rob Jones. He definitely deserves to get one of these along the way. Uh, and if not, he's got a great job where he is and he'll get one in the next cycle. Um, yeah, one other one that's open is. Chattanooga. What is the latest on Chattanooga? Yeah, so so a bunch of names bouncing around here and a lot of guys with kind of ties to the program or, or ties to the AD. The one thing that I have heard that 
kind of with George Washington, Cleveland State, like Chattanooga wants this done next week. You know, so right. I think sometime after the Final Four, this will be done. Um, you know, Casey Long, who, who was at Murray State last year, former Chattanooga assistant. West Long from Middle Tennessee State, former Chattanooga assistant. I think the one name that's really kind of made the rounds lately, though, is Dan Earl, the head coach at VMI. Yeah. Like, he hasn't had a ton of success at VMI. It's a hard place to win, though. Like, really hard place to win. Oh, yeah. um, but but Dan Earl played at Penn State and was an assistant at Penn State for a while. Well, Chattanooga's AD spent 25 years as an administrator right. at Penn State. Right. You know, so there is a relationship. All that stuff, all that stuff matters. It absolutely does. Um, I think if they, they go with an internal candidate, which I don't know if they would, it would be Tanner Bronson, who, who, who was an assistant there. I think he's technically the interim head coach, just kind of keeping that thing running. Uh, and, and the last name that, that keeps popping up is uh, Brooks, Brooks Savage from Wake. Uh, again, wow. another, another former Chattanooga assistant. Yep. So a lot of guys with some ties to the program. Obviously, I think there's some other names in there that we're not getting right now. Um, but, you know, the people that I talk to, a lot, a lot of guys uh, are really high on, on Dan Earl. I love it. I like it. Like it. And the only ones that are open that we haven't talked about that I can think of are the two swags, Alabama A&M, Alabama State. I'm not sure I have anything there. Um, but be interesting to see what they do as well. All right, let's get to the D1 hires thoughts. Um, we got a lot to talk about in this one. Let's let's start with the one that just happened, I believe, yesterday, which is Lafayette. Yeah. Uh, they hired uh, MJ, which I'm excited about. I think it was a great hire. I'm probably biased, but they won. He was in that league. You take a formula of a place that Colgate was – probably not predicted before that to be one of the best jobs in that league. And so to do what they've done, similar type of place, uh, love the minority hire, love the younger hire. Uh, I think he's a star in the business and I think he's going to kill it there. So uh, yeah. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. I think it's a phenomenal hire. And I think that's what Lafayette was going for the whole time. You know, they, they, you know, obviously wanted someone to, to, you know, you know, great coach, great player, but someone with a high academic background, right. you know, Lafayette is, is an academic, you know, high academic institution, no but, you know, coming from, from Colgate in the Patriot league, but, you know, Mike Jordan was the 1996 rookie of the league, the league in the Ivy league, right? Mm-hmm. He was the 2000 player of the year in the Ivy league. Yep. Like, you know, he, he's a high academic guy. So no, I, he lived it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's a great hire for them. Um, you know, every candidate um, was either, you know, a division one assistant from a high academic school or a division three head coach from a high academic school. So that's right. what they targeted. So I think this search took a little longer than some other searches, but right. you know what, at the end of the day, they got this one, right. So that, yeah, right. yeah, in my mind, that is like a, you know, a plus hire for them. You know, he, he knows the league, he knows how to, you know, recruit at that level. Like he, he's going to, he's going to be a star there. He really is. Yeah. It feels like on a much, much smaller scale, it's almost like the Kansas state hire of Jerome Tang to say, okay, you guys have won this league and been the best team in the league the last few years and made a major little run to the tournament. Okay. Let's figure out how to get somebody who's already inside and bring them over that knows the league has won in the league and has yeah. created something. So I uh, love this hire. Absolutely. A, a slam dunk hire. Um, all right, let's go to, uh, I guess we'll just go in order. Let's go ball state. We'll talk about that one real quick trying to get my yeah i mean you know good hire with with michael lewis michael lewis yeah so you know he he played at indiana for bobby knight he's an indiana guy um you know you know with a high major assistant at ucla good hire you know solid hire i mean i think they they had to do what they did there so 
Yeah, that one's quick, quick and easy. We'll move to the next one. Uh, Ball State. We did now. We'll do uh, Northridge. They decided to keep interim head coach Trent Johnson. Trent Johnson's had a lot of success prior in his career. Uh, Nevada, LSU, uh, TCU. <clears throat> so, yeah, older guy has been there, done that. Has his son on the staff. Has um, what's my guy's name that was also on the staff? Anyway, they they have some guys on the staff. It feels like if they have the young energy with an older coach, they can kind of figure it out. They did not have a great season last year, but it was very tricky because they didn't know if they're getting a job, and those things are always kind of uh, tricky. But, I mean, he, he has the ability to do it. He's a veteran coach. Um, it sounds like he was very close to the AD, so this was probably already done, uh, and try to help stabilize that program. Uh, I'm not sure if it puts them if – they, if they get the energy and can hit the transfer portal and – uh, not a not a doubt of his ability to coach. It's just the recruiting aspect. Are they going to get that turn? Because I think that was the challenge. Uh, his last couple stops at TCU and at LSU. My humble opinion. Yeah, you yeah, know you're right, and, and you know what? I, I think it's, it, it was a good hire to to, to keep him on. Yes. I mean, he took over a mess. You know, it, it was a mess with the whole Montford yeah. situation. Then not only was he the interim head coach, every one of the assistants he brought on was an interim assistant. You know. Yeah. You know, he brought in like everybody there was interim. So what a a challenging situation. And for him to, you know, kind of get through it and and be okay and and, kind of clean it up, um, you know, it's good to see him get rewarded. And like you said, if they can get out and and recruit and hit the portal, like they've got a chance to be pretty good. But they've got a great coach there. Um, Yeah, I like I like I like to hire. I mean, stability. You know, sometimes you have to. I was in a similar situation. I came after Pat Knight left Lamar. Yeah. I got hired after that with Coach Price over his career. And, again, I go back to uh, I'm biased. I was on the staff, but I felt like we had a staff that helped Coach get that to be 20 win, 20 win, 20 win uh, back to back to back. So I think they can do a similar thing at Northridge because they have the vet to do it. Yep. Um, all right, let's go next one. Let's go uh, – well, we know this one, but we haven't talked about this one. Let's talk about the Duke Blue Devils and the John Shire hire. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, you know, that was announced a year ago. We have it on the list because it is a coaching change, right? Yes. Um, yes. I, I, you know, it's an interesting one. Like, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was, you know, a year ago it was going to stay in the Duke family. I, I think. I don't think people thought it was going to be John, though. I think people thought it was going to be, like, somebody coming back almost. So, I, You know what? You're right. And there's two guys out there between Tommy Amaker and Johnny Dawkins, like, you know, guys that have been head coaches. And I, I don't know, you know, so, so it's an interesting one. It's an interesting right. hire. And, you know, you, yeah, everyone that says, that, I mean, it was, it was Coach K's choice. He, yep. uh, you know, anointed his successor. And then that's kind of like, like Roy Williams did with, with yeah. Hubert Davis. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But I, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a Duke guy, man. And, and you know, it's the, the family and all the stuff they do. Right. So, you know, he, he, he'll be fine there, I'm sure, but he, he has not been a head coach before. I mean, you know, he stepped in, you know, a couple of times that, that K right. has been sick or whatever. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I think early on people thought, like, Wojo was going to come back and be the guy too. Like, before when he was at Marquette, if he could get it going, he'll yep. come back and be the guy. But, um, yeah, I think this is one of those where we got to trust Coach K. If, you, yep. if you're a Duke fan, I'm not a Duke fan, but you got to respect <laughs> Coach K on his – yeah, choice to he 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 knows a few things about who can be yeah. successful, uh, and then to credit John Shire, the the recruiting they've done to this point points that Duke is not going to fall off. Their class is as good as anybody so far, and so that part is the biggest part for Duke is 
get keeping those guys coming in, which I wouldn't imagine to have any problem with, right. and then managing once he gets there. And I'm sure Coach K will he'll be around and he'll still be doing his thing and he'll he'll still uh, have a presence. But uh, yeah, so far so good. It'll be interesting to see. But it, it feels like he was almost picked too because he's younger and like almost like he's the guy that's going to stay there and be the next face for Duke. I mean, you don't leave Duke if you get that job. So I'd imagine we'll see a lot of John Shire uh, in the future. Uh, go East Carolina next. They hired uh, Mike Schwartz from Tennessee, longtime assistant for um, Coach Rick Barnes. Uh, has done a good job at ECU. Tricky job, not an easy job, uh, but definitely he's a grinder that will – roll his sleeves up, and I think get some good things done here in a difficult job. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, and it just, I think they just needed some fresh blood in there. And, uh, you know, he'll come in and recruit, man, you know, and he'll get it done. He, he, he said he'll grind. He'll grind on the road, and he'll get players. Um, you know, not the easiest job in the world, but it's a good opportunity for him. Um, like you said, he, he'd been with Rick Barnes for, for a while. Um, so, I, you know, I think I think it's a good hire. I think it's a solid hire. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not a sexy hire, but a solid hire. Yeah, I, don't, I think I think that to their credit, they probably wanted to go with somebody that they thought fit what they needed. And I do think ECU is a job you have to be a grinder to really be good. And it doesn't mean that Dooley wasn't a grinder, but you have to be a grinder at this place to be able to get it turned. And and the sexy is not going to be what it is because it's just not one of those places. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one we got is I think I already had it, but we'll go back to it. Um. Yes, the Florida hire. This is the one that a lot of people like to talk about. So we will open it up. I would say this: what I what I understand on it is the AD wanted to stay in his kind of uh, that Florida mold of Billy Donovan was really young in his thirties when he got the job. Same with Mike White. Now you have Todd Golden. Uh, I there might have been a relationship too when the one of the people that was involved in making the decision that may have been somewhere that Todd was in the past that really liked the job he did. But bottom line is he's going from San Francisco back to the SEC. He was an assistant at Auburn. Uh, personally, I like the hire because it fits Florida. Florida is not the job that everybody kind of thinks it is when Billy Donovan was there. But uh, I like the hire. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, he, he obviously did a great job at San Francisco. We already talked about Murray State being like the best mid-major. Well, I think the people right. at San Francisco will probably disagree with that, right, with the season right, they right, right. You know, getting matched up with Murray State in the tournament. Wow. But but you're right, though. I mean, it, it fits kind of what Florida has has done in the past, um, you know, with with Billy D and then with Mike White and now with Todd Golden. I mean, he's young. He'll bring some energy. You know, obviously, he can coach. Look what he did at San Francisco. So I, I think it's a good hire. Um and like you said, it, kind of, it fits. It's Florida, you know. Right. That's what they do. So it's a very, it's a very Florida hire. Yeah, they, they've made two assistant coach hires. You you reported one with uh, uh, Coach McCray coming over, uh, yeah. SEC veteran. Yeah. So they have someone who's been in the SEC, and then they also have uh, Hovde, who was his associate head coach at San Francisco, then went to Richmond. Yeah. So they've got a couple pieces in place, very heavily in analytics. But I give Todd Golden credit on this. He did a great – the reason why San Francisco made the jump is they did a good job in the transfer portal last year. So they did a good job. They had a base. They had good enough players, but they added uh, a lot from the transfer portal. And it's one of those places, again, if you're a young head coach that's going to be involved in recruiting, you don't have to recruit five stars anymore. The, the, the game has changed. We've seen what Iowa State's done, right? They're sweet 16 right away. Um yeah. So it can be done. Miami is just in a sweet 16, which is in 
uh, Florida as well. So it's not like people don't want to go to Florida. It's not like you're going to have a hard time selling out of the portal. It's just a matter of getting the elite-level recruits you need to fit his system, and I think he'll be able to do that now. The transfer portal kind of changed. You hire guys that can coach and that will recruit, I think they can figure it out. Uh, yeah. Staying in Florida, we'll go Florida Gulf Coast. Pat Chambers, he's running it back. He's he's back in the business, back as a head coach. Tell us what you think. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, he's a good coach. He had a tremendous record at Boston University, you know, then took over at Penn State, was there for a while. His, you know, obviously his time there ended in a little bit of controversy. Right. But you know what? He, he's a good coach. Um, we talk about grinding. He's another Philly guy. He's a grinder, man. Like, he's going to get it done, um, you know, and, and – People talk about, well, you know, Florida Gulf Coast, it's in Fort Myers. Well, you know, what's the connection? Well, you know, Pat Chambers has had a condo in Fort Myers for a long time. So he knows the area, you know, he right. knows, he knows. Right. Um, but, but I, I think, you know, they, they want to get back to like that dunk city, you know, what they had going with, you know, Andy Enfield right. and Will Dooley and some of those guys. And I, I, to be honest, I mean, I think Pat Chambers is probably the guy to do it. Like I said, I mean, you know, a, a solid run at Penn State, but a great run at, at Boston University, you know, kind right. of the same level as Florida Gulf Coast. So, yes. um, you know, I, I think I, I think he'll get it done there. I think it's pretty good higher there. Yeah, let's move to the next one. We'll go to Georgia, SEC. One of those where an SEC coach chose to uh, make a move to Georgia. And Georgia is obviously a football school, has great resources. There's a lot of players in Georgia. Um, it seems like it's a really great fit because Mike White's such a great dude. Um, it's underappreciated what he did at Florida because it's Florida and you're following a legend in Billy Donovan. However, uh, Mike White can coach. He does a good job. Uh, great guy. He will be beloved. He is probably the opposite type of personality as the previous coach, which a lot of people tend to go that way. Right. Uh, so it looks like, uh, it looks like a great hire to me. I think they'll do a great job. And, um, Georgia's expectations basketball is not the same as Florida. So if he can have similar success, uh, I think Georgia will be uh, really excited about that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think he's going to do a great job there. And I think the most important thing for Mike White, and I think why he made this move, is now he has time. You know, he'll have more time. Right. Um, you know, I, I think there are no offense to to Coach Crean and, and and his staff, but you know, Georgia was not very. It was they were terrible last year. Right. You no, know, and they need help. I mean, they got to get fixed. Um, then you know, who knows? Maybe he'll do it like Iowa State and have them in the tournament. Next year, I don't know, but but he'll have a little bit of time to, to fix that thing, and you yeah. know, like, maybe a little bit underappreciated at Florida, and and maybe you know, I, I don't know how much time he would have had left there, even though you know they they weren't bad. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was a good move for him. I think it's a good move for Georgia. I think it's you know it's a good marriage altogether. So I I think that'll be I think he's going to have some success there. Yeah, and this is one of those that happened really quick. Um, so congrats to the staff and Mike White. Good luck to you guys and hired uh, Kenny Miskadim and Eric Pastrana so far. Uh, as assistants. So those guys going with them, love to see that. Uh, Holy Cross got the, the baton has been tossed down to G.G. Smith, if I'm not mistaken, from Tubby Smith. Uh, tell us about your thoughts on this. I, that's High Point, not Holy Cross. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Holy Cross yet, man. You're, you're going to jinx Close. something. Close. <laughs> sorry about that. Excuse me, Holy Cross. Uh, high Point is what I meant. Similar, uh, similar color, similar H's, similar league. So excuse me for that, uh, Holy Cross. So, you know, this is an interesting one. Obviously, this happened towards the end of the season. Uh, but so if you read between the lines, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. So I think when Tubby Smith was hired you know, a while ago, Gigi Smith came in with him and was the, right. the quote, unquote, coach in waiting. So 
you know, Tubby resigned towards the end of the season. But if you read the wording that came out of High Point, they said Gigi Smith will be the head coach for the rest of this season and for the 22-23 season. And that's all he said. So, you know, it's a little bit scary. So there's obviously not a long-term commitment there. It's hard to recruit if you don't have, uh, you know, a bunch of years on your contract. So by them saying, you know, he'll be the head coach for the rest of this season and for the 22-23 season, I, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit scary. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on there, but I hope he has some success next year and can, can continue after next year. But um, it's going to be interesting. That, that'll be one to keep an eye on, you know, this time next year. Yep. Yep. Well said. You know more about that one than myself. Ryan Peden yep. is the next one. I'll get the jobs right from here on out. Uh, excuse me again. Holy Cross. Uh, yes. So Illinois State. Yeah. Illinois State. Ryan Peden hires longtime Ohio State assistant. Seems like a great hire. They did this decisively and got it in place. Tell us your thoughts on it. Yeah, same like you said. I, I think you know a guy with with high major experience, okay. known as a really good recruiter. I, I think that's you know what Illinois State needs: younger guy come in and, and hopefully yeah. turn that thing around. Um, so I you know really solid hire for them. Well, knows, knows the region again. They were decisive on. It. I think that's the part where if you're decisive early, you probably knew your guy is. You knew exactly what you were looking for, and that's half the battle is, is the administration going to get behind them to support it? And it looks like this one is one. You'd like to think anyone that they hired are going to support, but yep. when it's this early, this decisive, it seems like it's something that they really wanted and a match on both sides. Yeah, uh, You know what? And to be honest, the other thing I like about it, I think so far out of the 36 new hires, only 14 have been first-time head coaches, first-time Division One head coaches. Wow. So that's wow. why I think it's a good – you know, I like to see the you know guys that have – you know, been division one assistants for a long time, especially, you know, high major guys. It's nice to see them finally get their opportunity. I think it's a good Absolutely. opportunity for him. So Absolutely. We'll stay in the state theme and go Jackson state. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this in a little bit. Familiarity. Mo Williams comes over, knows, knows the AD really well. Um, seems like it's a great hire. Another pro athlete that's there on campus at Jackson state, uh, Jackson state, pretty good job uh, within the HBCU ranks and within the swag. So uh, seems like a great hire. They were decisive on it again. Seems like it'll be a great marriage and uh, a little more uh, in the South to where, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a better job within that league. So I feel like he'll do very well now that he kind of knows what he's doing and what he wants. Yep. Well, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's, it's a better job in the league. And, you know, Jackson State with the, you know, they, they want the former pros. You know, you got prime coach of football. And now Mo Williams, who's a longtime NBA guy. So it fits. He'll be able to sell that in the recruiting pitch. And, um They'll be, be making viral videos together very soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. I can't, I can't it, it's a great move for him. It's a great move for Jackson State. Yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, going in the state theme again, staying in the state theme, this is arguably, if not my favorite hire, one of my favorite hires of the entire offseason, Kansas State, Jerome Tang. I'll let you take it first, and then I'll jump in last. No, you're right. And, 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 and you know, we, we've talked about it, you know, spent 19 years at Baylor as an assistant knows how to recruit in the big 12 and right. again another you know first time division one head coach getting an opportunity well deserved you know some of these schools are you're going with the the young guys you know like a todd golden young right. 35 whatever but it's nice to see you know jerome tank 55 years old getting his chance um he will absolutely murder it there he'll be phenomenal um like you said i, I think absolutely home run hire maybe maybe one of the best hires in the offseason right i agree I, I love it for so many reasons but you know, if you look at the themes of college basketball last year, again, we talked about this. 
Mark Adams, one of the stories, Sweet 16, we didn't give him shout-out, but I think the world's pretty much giving him shout-out. Uh, kind of one of those programs people – some people may have thought, oh, they're going to fall off. They don't have Chris Beard anymore. But Mark Adams takes them to the Sweet 16, but was the right-hand man to Chris Beard in the same league. This is a similar hire. Uh, we, you know, Number one seed, Arizona, Tommy Lloyd. So it's a theme that's been successful recently, but also, Jerome Tang, you can't get a better – Human being that has been doing this at, a, I mean, 19 years as an assistant is still incredible, will always be incredible. I don't know if anyone will break that at a place like that and won a national championship. So uh, he's going to bring the energy. He's hired an elite level staff already. Uh, and Kansas State, I can see them following in trend of Iowa State and Texas Tech as far as making their run pretty quick. And they'll be able to recruit from high school. You'll see a lot of Texas guys over there. You can say that now. And then you'll see a lot of good players from the portal. Uh, and a little bit of international. He was also the uh, Haitian national team coach, him and Jareem Dallin. So look forward to seeing what they do there. Uh, kind of staying in the South, another Big 12. We just talked about uh, former Big 12 assistant, um, Talvin Hester, gets the Louisiana Tech job. He was an assistant there, uh, did a tremendous job when he was there, recruited some really good players uh, there. Just been, I mean, one thing about Talvin Hester that doesn't get credit he won at Houston and was a big part of laying the foundation with what Houston's done. Recruited some really good players there. Um, may had to make the move to ORU, had to take a step back, and does recruits guys like Kevin O'Banner, um, who then plays for him at Texas Tech later. Great story. Uh, but they make that sweet 16 run at ORU. He wasn't there, he was at La Tech, but he recruited those guys. La Tech wins a championship. Then he actually takes the Colorado State job, gets hired at uh, Texas Tech in the same offseason in Sweet 16. He's going to do terrific. Uh, he's a sharp dude, first-class guy. People will love him and recruit him. He'll hire a great staff, and I look forward to seeing what he does. He's one of the first-time hires, yep. one of the few. That's right. Yeah, no, and, and, you know, just to echo what you're saying, you're right, it's, it's a great hire. I mean, he was there 2018 to 2021 under Eric Conkle, and they were successful, you know, leaves for a year to go to Texas Tech. But I think that's what you want. You know, you want to keep that program moving in the right direction. And he was a part of that success, a big part of that success. Right. So, you know, they, they made the right hire. It's a good, great hire for them. And Kenny Lofton, one of the stars of college basketball that he recruited, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you see him sneak back in there. But I think Tal won't keep those guys together that are there that have a chance to come back. Um Kenny Payne, let's talk about Louisville. This is one of those that was open early and then it kind of changed. Uh, let's talk about Louisville. Yeah, you know what? Like, phenomenal hire. Like, this, they should have hired from the start. Like, as soon as Chris Mack resigned 24 hours later, they should have hired Kenny Payne. But you know what? They, they did it. It's, it's hard at Louisville right now because they do have an interim AD um, who should be the AD. Um, but, but, you know, it took him a little while. Kenny Payne was an assistant with the Knicks. But – um, you know, he, Kenny Payne's a Louisville guy, man. He, he, he won a 1986 national championship as a player there. He understands the history of the program. I mean, you saw, you know, when he got hired, he, he, you know, got off the, the plane and the first person he hugged was like Denny Crum and that's, you know, Louisville royalty. So he, he will be exactly what Louisville needs. Um, phenomenal hire. You know, it's too bad it took so long. You know, I, I don't know if they lose some traction in, in, you know, the portal or anything, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they got it right. Big time hire. He will do a phenomenal job there. Agreed. I got bombarded by the crew. I like it. Um, all right, let's go next job. I'll get you a marker. One second. You want to come say hi? All right, let's talk about LSU next. That's yep. a big one. Uh, yep. 
probably not the fit that people anticipated, but can't question his ability to coach. And again, the transfer portal, he's already had success. Yes, we are. Uh, you see that you see the will and determination over here. Okay, here you go. But he already has had success in the transfer portal, bringing in uh, some of his Murray State guys. Uh, talk about a little bit about this one. Yeah, no, I think this is a phenomenal hire for LSU. I mean, obviously, major issues there um, with, with Will Will Wade and what he did. I think they needed a steady, calming influence to come in, uh, straighten this thing out. And I, I think that's – I think Matt McMahon's the guy to do it. He obviously was phenomenal at Murray State. The season they had this year was unbelievable. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a professional. He'll do a great job there. Um, and I, I think, you know, he is aware of, you know, there's going to be some kind of sanctions coming. Um, but I, I think he's good enough, and I think he'll be committed long-term enough. And I think that's what they wanted, like a long-term guy who's going to be there and, and get them through – what they might be facing because I think they're gonna they're gonna face some stuff here, um, but be a calming influence, be a guy they can coach, a guy they can recruit, um, and I think he'll he'll have them back uh, on, on the right track pretty shortly here. So I, I think that's a good, really good move for them. Smart yeah, move. Absolutely, I would imagine he's gonna bring some staff over with him. He's already hired Cody Topper, which I think is a great fit. Shout out to Cody. Yep. Uh, D1 Maine. Chris Markwood, I like the hire because of the fact he was so successful in Boston, in that region at Northeastern. Big, big piece of that puzzle. <laughs> As we keep having chaos over here, love it. Good yeah, luck. you know what? So Markwood, you know he's a main guy. Played played his high school basketball in Portland. Was was the main state player of the year as senior year in high school. Uh, went to Notre Dame for a little bit, but finished his career at Maine. So you know he he gets it. You know an interesting move. I think in the past, Maine has not been a very good job, but you know, you hear from some people around it. They've, they've made some commitments to facilities and they're going to dump some money into that program. Um, be curious to see, you know, what, what his salary would be if he was actually making more at Boston college and the ACC as an assistant, but you know, maybe he gave him the main hometown discount. Um, you know, hopefully he can get it going there. Um, you know, you look in that league in the America East, like the success that Vermont has had, you know, maybe, you know, can that place, be turned into you know something like a Vermont where you can win um, consistently, but it's it is definitely it is definitely a tough job. It is not an easy job by any means. But you know what? He's a main guy, so you know it's it's the right it's the right move. You know, you just hope that that he has some success there. Right, right move. And again, one of those guys who's had success assist as an assistant helping Northeastern be a really really good program uh, for a long time. So excited to see him get that opportunity. Staying on the East Coast. Maryland, this is one that early job that was open, kind of like Kenny Payne. Give them both credit. They hired a little bit later than people maybe thought, but they hired the guys that was rumored from the beginning and, and they got their guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It did. It took a while. I mean, you know, Danny Manning was the interim coach there for a long, long time, and it, at one point it looked like he was going to continue, you know, maybe just, just get the job. But it's a good hire. You know, Kevin Willard, he, he's a winner. He did a heck of a job at Seton Hall. You know, he can coach. He can recruit. Um you know, he, he is not a, a DMV guy, but look at the staff that he's already started to bring in. Uh, Tony Skin from Ohio State, David Cox, who was the head coach at URI, you know, both local guys. They will they will bring in players. And if you've heard Kevin Willard in some of his early kind of press conferences, he, he says it all the time. There are players in Maryland. There's enough players that you can win a championship with local guys. So I think he's going to attack um, the area. I think he's bringing in the staff that knows how to recruit in the area. So I think it's a really, really good hire. Like you said, it took a little bit of time, but I think it's a great right. hire. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I love Tony Skin, and I love the uh, – if anybody can recruit that area. And they have chemistry together from working together at Seton Hall. Uh, so I absolutely love this hire for so many reasons. Uh, this is one of the coolest ones to see guys from the Division II level, although Queens is going Division One here soon, uh, to see guys from Division II level get a Division One opportunity, Barton Lundy. Uh, kind of, if I'm not mistaken, is that the formula that, that, that uh, Bruce Pearl was? Bruce Pearl, a Division II coach? He, I know he was at Milwaukee. He was a Division II coach prior to, so they're kind of taking that old formula for success and bringing it back. Congrats to Barton Lundy. I think this was a great one. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it's a good point. Bruce Pearl was the head coach of Southern Indiana. I believe he won a national Division II national championship at Southern Indiana. Um, but yeah, Bart Lennon can just coach. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. He's won a ton of games at Queens. Um, but but nice to see, you know, him or any Division II get a, you know, head coach get a chance at Division One level. And then you know, we've talked about the candidates there. Um, you know, a lot of the guys they were talking to, you know, I, I think six out of the eight guys were actually Division Two or NAIA head coaches. So I think that was their plan all along. Um, but Bart Lundy, man, like, like all he's done is win at, at Queens and Charlotte. So I think it's a really good hire. I think he'll do a great job there. Um, and again, you know what? Really excited that that his assistant at Queens, Grant Leonard, yes, got the Queens job. Yes, he deserved. He'd been there like nine, yep. ten years with Lundy. Yep. They've done a obviously done a phenomenal job. So it's nice, you know, at the Division Two level, you know, and Queens will probably be going Division One. But nice to see like Grant Leonard get promoted and get that job at Queens. Well deserved. Yeah, Very well. I love that. Love love everything about that. Let's go stay in the M's, Mississippi State. I thought the first time I heard the candidates possible for this job, even though it wasn't open yet, but they were weird one on this one because it seemed like they were interviewing and filling out, but Mississippi State was still playing. They were trying to figure out who they're going to hire. But the first time I heard this name, I'm like, he's getting a job. There's, yeah. there's not a better fit, in my humble opinion, of somebody who fits this job. And what an upgrade from New Mexico State type of job, just resources, but a similar type of niche. Um, so, yeah, I think, Chris Jans, this is a, a home run, grand slam type of hire. Uh, hard place to win, tricky job a little bit, but, man, I think he's going to crush it there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the job that he did at New Mexico State, um, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to bring some energy. You know, he's going to go get guys. And, you know, like you said, it is, it's a tough place, tough place to recruit. Obviously, you know, one of the best leagues in the country, but he's ready for it. Like he's built his yeah. resume, like this is where he was headed. So, oh. um, yeah, like you said, as soon as, you know, first time I heard that name, I'm like, oh, yep, there you he's go. Getting he's getting it. Yeah. The, uh, most of the, and, and the trend from New Mexico State recently has been Mountain West, UNLV, Marvin Menzies. Yeah. Um, what's my guy's name from New, they went to New Mexico? Paul Weir went to New Mexico. Those guys. New Mexico State's been this launching pad, but no one's going quite to power five level. And this is a great fit because you can recruit Juco. Obviously, you can recruit the South and get some good high school players there. But, man, you can recruit the portal and they'll do a good job. And, uh, yeah, they'll be tough. They'll be gritty and they'll be ready in the SEC, which is definitely a level of play where uh, Mississippi State is not one of those teams that you're expecting to be good. They don't have to have the most talent, but, man, they're going to have enough talent and they're going to be tough. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing what they do there. Yeah, um, let's go. I don't know a lot about this one, Mississippi Valley State. I don't know a lot about. I'll give you just real quick. So this is an interesting one. So George Ivory, uh, you know, he, he's a Mississippi State alum, uh, Mississippi Valley State alum. And, you know, Lindsey Hunter was placed on leave about a month ago in the season. So George Ivory actually took over then, and, and they just they, they took the interim title off. And he didn't have, so we've got some familiarity with the program. 
with the league, with, with everything around there. So, you know, solid hunt, solid hire. I mean, again, obviously Lindsey Hunter some some issues there at the end, and and Hunter came in and kind of righted the ship. So good for him to to keep going with that. Yes, Mississippi Valley State. We will go next to drum roll, please. Okay, thank you for playing with it. Dennis Gates, Missouri. Let's talk about Missouri. Yeah, what a great hire, huh? Um, you know, obviously, you know, moving on from Quanzo Martin, too bad. He didn't have the success, I guess, they wanted them to have there. But Dennis Gates is phenomenal. The job that that he did at Cleveland State, really turning around uh, a dumpster fire that, that Dennis Felton had left uh, really quickly in three years. I, I think he'll do great things at Missouri. Um, you know, he, he's, he's done it before. You know, he, he's turned around a program before. Um, so I think he'll come in. It's a great level for him to be at, at the SEC. You know, the SEC just gets stronger with some of the coaches they brought in right now. So really good hire, you know, kind of up there with one, one of my favorite hires, you know, like with the Jerome Tang hire. I really, really like this hire. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the hire. Uh, Dennis Gates, first class, great basketball coach. He's going to do a great job hiring. He's going to do a great job recruiting. Already got the number one Juco player in the country. Uh, yeah, Dennis Gates is just a guy you just know is going to do a, do a phenomenal job. And, and Conzo Martin. Probably didn't win to the level they wanted to, but he's already proven he's a great coach. He's going to lay on his feet in a great spot. Uh, yeah, I love this hire, uh, Dennis Gates. And he didn't get his the last cycle, but the good thing is his, he had pretty much his whole team back. They win the league again. I think two-time coach of the year, two-time conference champ, won an NCAA tournament. Uh, he's going to do a great job. And most of the time, guys don't make the move from that level to the high major level as well. So credit to him uh, on being able to get – that to be made happen. We got a party over here in case you had, can't hear. We have a party. Uh, we got another one of these circle back hires. Uh, Murray State, sorry, Murray State uh, hires back one of their own. Talk about this hire. Yeah, again, you know, Steve Prom, you know, here, you know, kind of like with um, Sean Miller going back to Xavier and Ed Conroy going back to the Citadel. Like guys who have had part, as part of the themes of the season, it, it is, you know, and then, you know, he, he didn't have the success that they want him to have at Iowa state it was two and 22 his last year there, but you know what? He had a lot of success at Murray state. So, you know, I, I think it's a good hire. He's a familiar face. He know he knows them. They know him. Uh, and he's won. He has won there. You know, he, he did not win at Iowa state, but it's a different level. So I, I think he'll do a good job. I think he'll continue kind of what he started um, than what his former assistant, Mac McMahon, continued. So I, I think that's a really solid hire for Murray State. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well said. All right, we'll go to the next one. And you have to give a little bit of acknowledgement. Field of 68, to their credit, just keeps getting guys to go to their little uh, network and be on TV, and the next thing you know, they get hired. So if you're out of a job, not a bad idea to join some kind of uh, television because it's worked for a lot of guys. Uh, Greg Hire, New Mexico State, definitely a guy who fits this place 100%. Greg Hire deserves an opportunity, I believe, to be a Division One head coach. And if there was a place he was going to get one, this was a place, this is the fit. Um, he will do a great job there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's coming off just one you know, Division One national championship in North, Northwest Florida. Um, I think a lot of people, maybe James Miller would have gotten this job, who was the associate head coach there with Jans, but he's going with Jans in Mississippi State. Now the hire has gotten this, but great, great hire at New Mexico State. He will absolutely win games. He knows how to win. He's been a high major assistant. Um, he, he's, he will absolutely get it done there. So it's a good, it's a good move for him. Yeah, he'll do well and he'll recruit very well. 
Um, he knows how to win. Um, he talked about it in one of his locker room meetings. He's won 90% of his games, uh, has relationships with his players. Uh, the James Miller part, I think the part what makes this unique is both guys were Chris Jans guys. I think naturally Coach Jans uh, has always supported um, Greg Hire, but at the same time, I think he was pushing for James Miller because it was his last assistant, and he brought him right away to Mississippi State. So uh, two guys that both had ties to the former head coach, which normally if you're going to hire an outside guy, normally the inside guy would get it, but if you're going to hire an outside guy, another guy that has ties to the head coach. I do love that aspect. And James Miller will be a terrific head coach very here very soon. There's many guys that interviewed and interviewed very well. Tang didn't get the UTEP job last year. Other guys didn't get certain – Dennis Gates, we just talked about, didn't get certain jobs. Next thing you know, they get the right one. I think James Miller will be in that same conversation uh, here very soon. Definitely. Uh, Northwestern State, Corey Gibson. This was kind of one of those that people weren't expecting, didn't see coming. Uh, excited for Curry. He is the first – or last year, the Southland Conference didn't have any minority assistant head coaches. I know uh, minority head coaches. They do now. Uh, Missouri State's done a great job. Had one of the better teams in the Missouri Valley. Was borderline tournament team. Uh, so excited for him to have this chance. So, yeah, talk a little bit about this one. Yeah, no, you're right. Kind of like one of those, you know, out of left field hirings a little bit. You know, not a lot of connection to the program. But, you know, it's been at Murray State, uh, Missouri State for the last seven years or so. Has done a great job as an assistant. And like we said, you know, one of these, you know, really good young coaches that deserves a chance. Then um, you know, Division One jobs aren't easy to get. You know, so it's good to see him get the opportunity. Um, yeah, he'll be really successful there. Yeah, I think the cool part about this one is normally you have to be a high major assistant to even get a sniff. So to be at a mid-major Missouri Valley and get a head coaching job, um, phenomenal for him to have that opportunity. Richie Riley was a guy in the same state that did a great job at Nichols coming from Clemson. So uh, Corey Gibson, just to get a shot. Uh, definitely a tricky job, but I think he'll do a good job recruiting there. And the Southland Conference is as wide open kind of as it's ever been. A lot of those teams went to the WAC, so I see him having success uh, right away. Uh, Chris Crutchfield finally gets his shot at Omaha. Uh, the, the, the former Omaha guy comes back home. Uh, talk about this one. Super high, super excited for him to have this opportunity. Yeah, great hire for them. Obviously, you know he's a, he's an Omaha alum. Uh, and he's had some high major, a bunch of high major jobs, and especially over the last few, he's a lot of the last few years, right? He was at Arkansas. I think you had a tracker here recently on that one. <laughs> like the last five years, they've been nuts yep. between Arkansas, and then he was a Division II head coach at East Central in Oklahoma for a year. Then he was at Oregon. You know, like he, he he's bounced around a bunch here, but really, like he's done a good job setting himself up for this. You know, I think this is the job that he wanted, and this is a job, the place where he, he belongs. I think he'll do a great job. And, and it's nice, you know, obviously it, it's great that he's an alum, but you know what? He's been a head coach before. He's coached at the high major level. Like, he checks all the boxes. He checks all the boxes to be successful. Um, and, you know, since Omaha made the move from Division Two to Division One, they, they haven't been, you know, really successful. But I, I think this is this is what they need. They need the energy of a Chris Crutchfield to come, you know, take them to the next level. I think he will. Yeah, you talk about recruiting. I mean, I mean Trey Young, uh, I believe for sure. And then Buddy Hill was a part of coaching him in Oklahoma uh, and got to coach his sons, which is really cool at ECU for a year, kind of at that lower level, kind of figuring it out. And uh, But before that, he was a head coach at Tyler Junior College where he was really successful. So Chris Crutchfield's always gotten players, first-class dude. 
love this hire, slam dunk all the way. They they will be a uh, great team to follow. Uh, Rhode Island, Archie Miller, he's back at it again. Yep, about Rhode Island. Yeah, back at it. You know, obviously, you know, had a, a decent run in Indiana, I guess, um, but had success in the Atlantic Ten at Dayton. So, and I think that's the important thing here. You know, he knows the league, he knows the level. Um, you know, I think you can be successful at URI. You know, they've got a pretty good facility. Um, you know, he, during his time at Dayton, he won like 139 games um, during his tenure. Like, had a really good, you know, almost a 700 winning percentage. You know, not quite as good as Indiana. You know, struggled his last year there, going 12 and 15. Um, but I, I think, you know, kind of back to the level that that he's had success. Um, so I, I think it's a good hire for Rhode Island. I, I think he'll do a good job there. Yeah, the high major success is not always the best indicator, but those guys that have had success, like we talked about it, the guys that have had success there before, they yep. know how to win in that league. So I like the hire. Uh, Rhode Island definitely wanted to get a basketball dude. I think the timeout has probably served him very well, and uh, I see him hopefully uh, doing some good things here and uh, look forward to watching and see what they do. San Fran, this is the hire I love. Coach G, first when I met Coach G, Gerlifson, Chris Gerlifson, he was uh, – uh, an assistant at Southwestern University in Georgetown, a Division Three. So, from a Division Three assistant to a Division One head coach, uh, had success at San Diego with Lamont Smith as an assistant on that staff. Um, has done a tremendous job last year, uh, recruiting and kind of ha- helping out a little bit with the offense. A great offensive mind. I think you'll hire a great staff, and uh, I think you'll do a good job with BYU leaving the league. It definitely makes. Uh, that third spot kind of open. It seems like, you know, Gonzaga and St. Mary's kind of either have one of those. Usually Gonzaga's one. St. Mary's either has two or three, and then somebody else sneaks in. Uh, I like this hire. Yeah, so, and, 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 you know, like we say, you know, a guy, he was the associate head coach there, had a lot of success under Todd Golden. Um, you know, he's definitely paid his dues. Like you mentioned, a bunch of places he was. He was also up here in New England for like nine yeah, Hartford. years. Hartford, yep. Assistant University of Hartford. Um, yep. So it's good to see – guys like that that have paid their dues, that have been part of a winning program to, to get the bump. Like, he, he deserves it. So I, I, I hope he is successful. And like you said, you know, kind of like Gonzaga, St. Mary's have cemented themselves at that top two. But, you know, hopefully they can stay in that mix, you know, in, in, at the top three. Maybe, hey, maybe even better. Who knows? Yeah, right. no doubt. For them. Does a good job recruiting. I can think about the first time. Uh, he was at Citadel as well, which is another one of those grinder spots. Uh, he's grinded his way. Uh, Jarrett Von Rosenberg, the first recruit I ever signed. He's the head coach that takes him commerce on the men's side. Right. Signed him at Collin County. I saw Chris Gerlison at uh, Kingwood Classic. I said, hey, man, you guys recruited him to Citadel. He played for us. You got to take him to Hartford. Rest of the story is history. He went to Hartford, and uh, those guys are both head coaches now, which is cool to see. Uh, winding down, we're getting close to the stretch bottom. Uh, we got some other ones. Chris Victor, we knew that hire was going to happen. Or thought it was going to happen. It happened pretty quickly. Uh, Sacramento State, however, has not hired, which is kind of interesting what's happening there. We'll talk about that next episode. But let's talk about Seattle real quick. Got to give Chris Victor his flowers. Winning the conference. Uh, co-champions the first year. Uh, tricky situation. They did a tr- He did a terrific job, and I think he'll continue to be good there. Yeah, he did. You know, obviously, you know, a really messy situation back in, in the fall with Jim Hayford there and uh, he, he got dismissed and, and Chris Victor took over as the interim and really did a good job of writing the ship. They had, like you said, they had a phenomenal year. You know, they were great. And I think he brought some energy. He rallied, he rallied everybody. You know, they, they bought into, they bought into him. 
and and he was successful. And again, credit to the the administration at Seattle to to take the interim tag off and give him the job. Like he deserves it. Absolutely yeah. deserved. It. He deserved it. They didn't wait too long and did it before the season was over. Yeah. So they could still make their run. And uh, yeah. congratulations on a great first year. Uh, I'm gonna go SMU next. Again, I'm another biased hire. Uh, home. I'm from Dallas. Graduate high school. Not too far from this place. And uh, Robin near top shelf, first class dude. Uh, when we interviewed him on All Access, he talked about the success he didn't have at Siena and how that's helped him have success. He did have success at Siena, but he didn't have the success he wanted, and that's helped him a lot. And then Georgia State, he goes and has success. Uh, competed with that Gonzaga team very well in that game, too. I think that goes understated. Uh, really good basketball coach. He's going to do a great job. Was at Texas with Rick Barnes, so he's been in the state. He knows what it takes to recruit in that state. Uh, recruited some very good players like Miles Turner when he was there. So, yeah, we'll talk more about uh, this one. Let's get your thoughts. Yeah, you, you're right. I, I think that's the – you made a good point there, you know, maybe not having the success that he wanted to. He was the head coach at Siena from 01 to 05. They were okay, average. But, but you know, when he left Siena, he went, you know, the high major assistant route, you know, high major assistant Virginia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, um, and, and then became the head coach at Georgia State back in 19, went 53-30, and 30, um, did a really good job, won some games, and you know, de- absolutely deserves to, to be the head coach at, coach at SMU. He, he's done a great job. He's proven he can win, uh, you know, at Georgia State. So I think it's a really good hire for him. Um, so yeah, it's good. You know, it's good when you see the good guys get hired. So yeah, I, first class dude. You love to see the good guys get hired. And this is one of those where the cycle, the way it went, it was like SMU was kind of that last job. There was this wave of all these guys getting hired, and then. People thought Graham McCaslin was going to take it. He decides to stay at North Texas, which is in the same league, which, again, I Graham McCaslin fan. used to work for Grant. Uh, I think he's one of the best, and I think he'll get his whatever it is next. But to stay was a great decision for them. Well, then they made this decision really quickly. You know, they were really decisive again, didn't waste a lot of time, knew what they wanted, and uh, they got their guy. Uh, a few more left. Uh, we did the SMU one. Uh, let's go UMass. Just, I'm going a little out of order, but – you mentioned Frank Martin earlier. Another yeah. one of those hires I absolutely love. Uh, Frank Martin is one of the faces of college basketball. He has some great, always has great viral content that goes uh, viral on social media. But just a well, well-loved well guy in the business, one of the great guys, and did a great job at South Carolina. Was there for a long time. Uh, took him to a Final Four, and then uh, obviously just being able to get back uh, kind of in another spot where they needed somebody with some presence and a, and a resume and uh, all of those things. And he's already been probably more active on Twitter than he's been in a long time already, which is cool to see him embracing kind of that role. Uh, so, yeah, I love this fit. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great hire for UMass. Like you said, they needed someone with, like, presence, you know, and he does. He brings a big presence and a big personality. And, um, you know, it did take South Carolina to the, you know, Final Four didn't make any other NCAA appearances though. Um, you know, but he does have a lot of new England ties. He spent four years as an assistant up here at Northeastern. Um, so he knows the area. And interestingly enough, his wife was an all conference hurdler at UMass back in the late nineties. She did like the 55 meter hurdles and the hundred meter hurdles. And she's like, still, how about that? How about that? So there's, there is definitely a connection there. So, um, you know, I, I think he'll get it he'll get it done there. I mean, there's not a lot going on in, in Western mass. So, you know, he will be the show in Western mass. There is a, yeah, there's definitely not a lot going on there. So I, I think he'll be good. He makes the, he makes the a 10 a lot stronger, you know, it's a really good hire for the a 10. A 10 is smoking 
fire right now. I would not want to be in that league trying to figure out how to get an at, an at large or uh, um, win the tournament. I mean, that's a that's a high level. The bottom of the league just got stronger, and the top was already strong. So uh, this league is a, a serious, serious basketball league if you love hoops. Uh, South Carolina, Lamont Paris. I do love the job, the hire. Uh, obviously, I'm biased, but he had tremendous success as an assistant at Wisconsin and then at UT Chat. Uh, just got over the hump. You get hot at the right time, but another first-class dude that just understands how to win and did a great job in the transfer portal. And I think despite the noise in the background, I do think South Carolina is a transfer portal type of job. So uh, tell us your thoughts. No, you're right. I, I, think, I think it's a great hire here. Obviously, you said he spent you know seven, eight years as an assistant at Wisconsin, has that high major experience. But the job he did at Chattanooga was amazing. So you know they won twenty seven games this year. Um, but every year they they got better or were trending to get better. You know, there's one you know twenty twenty one covid year kind of screwed him up. but you know he he increases win total from ten to twelve to twenty. They took a little dip in that covid year, but they didn't play enough games and then up to twenty seven this year. So you know he he he's a guy that that he came in there and got Chattanooga better. and to win twenty seven games, I mean that that's amazing. And that covid year, I believe because we interviewed him on all access, I believe they were undefeated to start the year. They won like their first, I don't know, 13, 14 games and uh, maybe didn't end the way that they wanted with injuries, whatever. COVID was a weird year, but uh, he's done a terrific job. I love this hire. I get another first-class dude. Yep. I think it's a phenomenal hire for South Carolina. South Dakota, I like this hire. Got to bring back the assistant that had success. Um, Eric Peterson gets hired here. Assistant at Utah, was at Utah State. Uh, was a head coach at Williston State uh, in junior college. Uh, really liked this hire. A tricky job. One of those jobs is like, is South Dakota supposed to be good? But they just kind of find a way to be good somehow. And uh, he was obviously on a run where they were good there with Craig Smith. So I like this hire for him to get back. Yeah, no, I think you said it all. I don't think there's much to add there. You're right. You know, you, you, you bring back an old former assistant who had success, like you said, when Craig Smith was there. And then he filed, followed Craig Smith around to a couple stops. And, you know, now he's back and hopefully can continue what Craig uh, Smith started at South Dakota. But it's, you know, great hire, great hire. Oh, you, you're on mute, Brian. I can't hear you. There's a lot of background here, trying to trying to give guys some, uh, give everyone, the listeners, some I'm with ears. Uh, Tulsa, this hire is a good one. Uh, Eric Conkle, former Miami assistant, former George Mason assistant, uh, did a terrific job at Louisiana Tech. Uh, regionally close, he'll continue to do a great job in the portal with JUCO transfers and recruiting Texas, bringing the staff over. Uh, I think a great coach and an underrated coach in that league. People don't talk about as much, but great move for Tulsa to hire Eric Conklin. Yeah, no, you're right. He, he, you know, at at Louisiana Tech had won 24 games back-to-back seasons, did a really good job there, you know, solid coach. I mean, 153 and 75 during his time there, you know, it's a 671 winning percentage, you know, that that's a big time number at the division one level. So it's a good, good hire for, for Tulsa. Um, Like you said, he, he is, Definitely, he's bringing his whole staff there. They've announced a couple of them, but all the guys are there right now. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's a good move, good move for Tulsa, good move for him. Um, so, yeah, happy to see him make that. Yeah, I love when guys bring their staff. doesn't happen as much as you'd love it to, uh, but he's one of those guys that chose to bring his whole staff. I think we're at the last one. we got two left. We both talked about this kind of trend. We'll go both of them at the same time. Citadel first with Ed Conroy, uh, great hire to bring him back, and then – Xavier, somewhat controversial hire, but uh, many think a good hire as well. So we'll go uh, Citadel first. 
Yeah. So you know what? The, the Citadel's a, it's a good hire. You know, bringing Ed Conroy back. Um, he was the head coach there, 2006, 2010. You know, the Citadel is not an easy place to win. You know, with, with the military, there's a lot of stuff going on. But the, the one stat that, that really sticks out when you talk about Ed Conroy in the, you know, I'll be close on these numbers, but in the 122 year history of Citadel basketball, they've only had two, two 20 win seasons. And one of them was under Ed Conroy. So, you know, it, it's a good hire. Um, you know, he, he understands the place he gets it. You know, he, he went on to, uh, Tulane after he left the Citadel was okay. It was 500 there about in, in like six, seven years. Um, but then, you know, he went on, he, he worked at Minnesota, worked at Vanderbilt. So, you know, he's had some good experiences since, but I just think it's a really solid hire for, for the Citadel, someone who knows the place. And you know what, to, to be honest, like he, he wanted that job, like he pushed hard yeah. for that job when it opened. So it, it's a good hire. You really want someone that wants to be there like he does and someone who's had, you know, some success there. And someone, yeah, knows how to win there. That's not an easy place to win. Uh, not an easy job whatsoever. So uh, definitely got to give credit for this hire. I like the hire. I thought Tulane was a little bit of a, uh, just a weird fit. Uh, not so much that he can't coach. It's a weird fit, but I think he'll do well at Citadel uh, being that he's been there before. Uh, the last one. Got some controversy around this one. Many people think it's way too early for him to already get another job after the whole thing with Arizona. The penalties don't come with him. Um, Sean Miller, there's no doubt he can coach yeah. at a high level. There's no doubt what he, even what he did at Arizona, despite all that was going on, he can coach basketball. I think the part that people have a problem with is the whole NCAA thing to get a job already. Obviously, Patino's back. Um, so why not him? I guess, uh, there are assistant coaches that are out there still though, like his assistant, um, book Richardson not able to coach anymore. So that's the part I think that people have the biggest problem with. Some people don't care, but there are guys like, I mean, Will Wade doesn't have his job now, you know? So every situation is different, but this one, good hire from a basketball standpoint, controversial on the other side. He will do well there though. Yeah, no, you're right. And that, that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, you know, he, he obviously, you know, ran into a lot of issues at Arizona, um, but you know, it, it's it, the mentality. It, it's, you know, you got to win. It's college basketball. It's a money maker. You got to win. Yeah. If you look at Sean Miller's take away the other stuff, right? You look at his numbers; they're they're absurd. So at Xavier, he went one twenty and forty seven during his his first time there, right? Oh five through oh nine. That's a seven nineteen winning percentage. Seven nineteen winning percentage, is pretty good, right? At Arizona, incredible. From oh nine to twenty one, he went three three oh two and one oh nine. That's seven thirty five. I mean, it's. You know, he he literally just wins. I mean, he wins games. And again, you could say that there might be a reason he wins some of those games. You know, whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're you're in. You know, you got to win games. It's a business of winning. That's what it is. People can say what they want to say. College basketball is a business, and these programs want to win. Xavier didn't go to the tournament uh, this whole time. So right. So you know what? So I think that's that's a big part of it. So you know, Travis Steele, really good guy. Four years at Xavier didn't go to one tournament. Sean Miller, his first run there, you know, his, his, the last four years of Sean Miller's run there, you know, he went NCAA first round, second round, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. You know, like he had them, he had Xavier humming a little bit. And oh, like we said earlier, yep, hey, they're in the NIT championship, and that's great. Like, Travis, you know, uh, Travis Steele set that up. Jonas uh, Hayes is bringing it home. Yep. Still not the same as an NCAA run, you know. Not even close. It's still not, not the close. Same. Not even close. Yeah, he's, he's won at a high level. You got to give – no one's ever doubted his ability to coach. Uh, he can coach at a high level. Uh, he will do a terrific job with Xavier. I would not be surprised to see them 
really good for as long as he's there. Uh, so that's all the hires that we have. That's the show. Final thoughts. Final four. This year you're not going. People will miss you. What's your thoughts on anything from this job stuff to final four to we'll let you kind of help us close it out? Well, you know what? It's just been busy. It's been busy early. Like we keep talking. Damn, about. It so, has been. Um, you know, I, I think. And I've said a lot. I put 58.5 as my number of Division One job openings. I think we're at 47 right now. We're going to sneak up closer to that number. You know, th there's going to be with the current openings. There's like 12 current openings right now. Probably half of those are going to go to current Division One head coaches, right? right? So we're open six more jobs. But uh, the one thing to take it to to think about in the next couple of days, uh, April 1st is a big day. April 1st is when a lot of guys buyouts drop. So kind of beware of, of April 1st sneaking up on us. So that's my kind of final thought. Like we're not done. with that's, that's, that's the breadcrumbs. That's it right there. We are not done. So stay tuned. Yeah. Normally the final four, there has not been this much movement before. Like you've talked about it many times. Normally that's when people may meet or interview, but that's not the case anymore, but there are some more jobs coming. That much is that much is for sure. So thanks for joining us. You know where to find us. We're right at our, our time limit, and uh, thanks again. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.